Have you ever had the privilege of sitting under a teaching by Pastor Peace Akudo Emmanuel? Well, I have, and I've been blessed a lot of times. If you haven't, get ready to have your mind blown away and be edified by this teaching. All right, follow me. Let's dive into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Pastor Pisakode Emmanuel, and um, it's exciting having you come along. It's going to be a very long series, but I'll try as much as I can to flow as the Lord directs me. And I want us to uh, discuss. This is not about the preaching, it's about the heart to heart talk. And I will give you the privilege to question me and send down your question. I've been talking to Ross on my book titled Spilled in My Hands. It's been a long walk with that book, and God has been teaching me some, some, so many things that I need to share with a lot of us. And the first series is this Why Are We So Hurt? The marriage I know, the marriage I read, the marriage I met was the marriage that gives God honor. The Bible talks about the marriage in Hebrews 13 verse 4, talking about marriage being honorable in all when bed is on the fire. He said, Womongers, he said, God will punish evildoers, immoral people, those who take it for life, who take it you know, on serious, those who toy with it. He said, I will punish. What God was indirectly saying is that his honor is upon the marriage. Marriage is the glory. It's not something you take upon yourself. It's not an excitement for an event. It's not something that comes and goes. It's not, it's not a feeling. It is something that was meant to stay, to be, to grow. And a lot of people walk in without knowing the purpose for the marriage. And when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. A lot of people have run into it just because the next person by the street got married, because their friend got married, because the time is clocking out, and because they feel that people, you know, putting them under pressure, and the family is threatening. They want to see the husband, they want to see the wife, and they want to just jump out and say a yes when it's supposed to be a no. They never took their time to ask themselves some questions. Will I be able to take it? Because will I be able to allow myself to share myself? Because marriage is no more about it. said two shall become one. They shall become one flesh. It's a mystery. Because that one flesh means that you have become half of a whole. That means something that you have left and merged into another. And that makes you one. So you don't have the capacity to be on your own. You don't have the right to yourself. You don't have the right to do so many things that you want to do. Now you are beginning to share yourself with another entity who has become one with you. This is a responsibility and it's a high one. This is not for a child on the street. This is not for a young man who, who just want to yo-yo and go around with a woman. That's beyond what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the marriage, the marriage institution. Where God delights in the beauty that he sees. The fragrance that comes out of the happiness between the two. What makes heaven to make our father laugh? Heaven. I mean, I'm talking about God. He delights in marriages. He wants to see us. He wants to see us happy. He wants to see the excitement. That was why he created it. That was the manufacturer's mind. 
and now we have delved into it without the manual and a lot of us are you know running around looking for you know everyone almost everyone is in the siege looking for the way out and the way in those who are out wants to go in those who are in wants to go out and i'm asking this is not the marriage god wanted this is not the marriage this is not the marriage looking at this time and this dispensation there's a lot of pain people are shattered people are in pain people are hurt people are disappointed people are in tears because instead of them to be responsible for building the walls they have looked at the cracks in the world and began to ignore it and every time you ignore the cracks get ready the building is on the run in the wrong way to collapse it a lot of marriages are down on the floor. A lot of marriages are struggling. This was not what they said yes to. And a lot of people are asking themselves, how did I get here? Each time I look at my file, I look at my messages, I, you know, I hear, I listen. You know, I have to take time to listen to a crying woman, a hurting man, a man in pain, a young woman in, that is being shattered in a home that was supposed to be a place of excitement. You know why I said excitement? That's not to say that there will not be storm. There's going to be storm in that home. But the maturity that has, you know, have been, you know, worked on will begin to take you out through the storm. And you're wondering, how did I get here? There are storms to come. There are storms now and there were storms before. The same way you became a champion out of the former storm, you're going to be a champion now, you remain a champion. That's not a, God did not guarantee you that you will never have storms. But he said he has made us victorious, victorious in the storm. He has. Before the war began, we have been, the battles have been won. And so it takes us to begin to work on ourselves, on our minds. Because the battle on the outside started from the mind. You must understand what it entails. What am I getting into? Can I or can I not? We should be able to answer the question. When you get into that marriage, your only focus is to make it work. It doesn't matter how it rolls. It doesn't matter how the storm goes. But you just have to make it work. You have to put your best into it. I'm not talking about 60 pieces. I'm talking about your best. When I mean the best, I'm talking about an A best. Put in your best. A lot of storm will come. You will come in contact with things that, that will want to make you weep and you ask yourself, how did I get here? But make it work. Because the only plan of the devil concerning the marriage is to make sure that the cracks are broken down and the walls of the marriage get down. And that's what the devil is doing right now. And so you cannot give him a foothold. You will not allow him to come into your life, into your marriage, into your destiny. So when you call yourself a couple, you should know that you are coupling a lot of things. When you call yourself a wife, you should be wifing a lot of things. And you are a husband, you have to husband a lot of things. There are so many things embedded in the marriage. And I want you as a man to look again into the Bible, Ephesians. Ephesians, I'd like you to go back there. I'd like you to go back to the book of the marriage. I want you to go back to, to if you are a woman, I want you to go back to Proverbs 31. From 10 downward. Read it again. Go to Ephesians 5, sit with it and read it again. You will never have an encounter with the Ephesians 5 and remain the same. Never. Never the same again. Never the same again. You can never be the same again. Look at 22, 23. You can never be the same. There is something that you need to fight hard. And that 
that fight has to do with your decision to make it work. Now, one of the things you must do as you say yes to a man or to a woman, one of the things you must do is remove alternatives. Because when you have alternative, your mind will be working. If I get in there, it doesn't work, I got to quit. You are quitting nowhere, brother. You can't quit, sister. You are in. There is no alternative. There is no place for a second place. You are not thinking backward. Your car has to be on, the, on a forward drive. You cannot, you cannot go far with a backward drive. You can't be on a reversal and expect to make progress. Marriage is honorable. I want you to see it in that light. Honor means what is sacred, what God takes in high esteem. I know that the plan of God for marriage is to, it, it, it creates marriage like a, a video. That it's already acted. He's already acted. He wants to just watch us walk into the axe and make him glad. He said, he that seated in the heavens shall laugh. And that's why God in, the, in his almightiness, in his graces, left in the book of Genesis to go see what happened in the garden. He wanted to, to inspect what he has created. The manufacturer does not go to sleep. But he wants to see the products, the goods, get to the end, to the place of use. And God could not sleep. The Bible said he came into the garden to look for Adam and to look for Eve. It wasn't a waste of time. He wanted to find out what was going on. God wants to be partner in your marriage. God wants to be in your marriage. He wants to come in in the cool of the eve just to be with Paul and Miriam. Wants to come into that marriage to be with peace and Emmanuel. God wants to come into that marriage to be with Mercy and Solomon. God wants to come into that marriage to be with Jeff and Gloria. I mean, God wants to come into that marriage to inspect what he has, what he has created. It's so serious. Don't think that this is an event that happened because you are feeling. Marriage is not an, it's not an event that happened because of a feeling. So it doesn't end that day. What ended the day you said yes was, was a wedding, not a marriage. Immediately you say yes to a wedding, marriage begins. It is the end of wedding that begins a marriage. And so, the business begins. And in this business, maturity is required. You need to be matured. Spiritually and otherwise, maturity in the sense that, you know, I'm not talking about your gray hair, I'm not, I'm not counting your ages, I'm not counting your possession, I'm not counting the people you feed, I'm not talking about the pressure, I'm not talking about your old age, I'm talking about reality of the fact that you know that when I say a yes to a woman or to a man, I am actually inviting them into my privacy. That's how hard it is. You are that man that do the things you want to do at the time you want to do them without anybody asking you why you do them. But it's no more. For every little step you take, somebody will ask you. When you say yes to somebody, you are saying yes to inquiry. And so you need to get your mind to it. You need to get your mind to it. Are you ready for the query? Are you ready for the next level? Are you ready for the maturity? You must be pushed. It's not going to be a yo-yo. You have to face reality. It's so painful that the cracks of the marriages are breaking. And that's words I'm talking about are going down gradually. Because I fear for the next generation. In this dispensation, marriage has been so misunderstood. Mostly misrepresented. And so even the young are afraid to say, is this what I'm going to go into? The reality of the fact is that if we do not repair, 
If we do not reorganize, rearrange, and come to terms with reality, we may be putting a lot of scare in the hearts of young people. A lot of people ask you, no, I don't want to get married. No, I don't want to get married. No, I don't want to get married. Because they are scared of the pictures they see. What pictures can your future see? What pictures can your future see in the scripture? What have you seen? What impact has your marriage made to a young person? Has anyone who is married come around you to say, oh, I, I just did want to get married because what I see was not just a play. I'm not talking about fakeness. I'm talking about reality of desire to wanting to be like you. It is a serious question you have to ask. Your marriage is supposed to be a small school for younger people. And so if your school is not impacting knowledge, you will need deliverance. Marriage is supposed to be a small school where young people who are confused can come and learn of you. They may not have the time to read enough of the Bible, but your marriage should be a Bible they will read. Your lifestyle, your character, your courage, the way you present and project and represent marriage should be something that bothers you about the young people who watch, who watch at you. Do you know you are somebody's mentor? Do you know a lot of people look out, look out for you to, to gain you know, access to strength? Because that's who they see. And so you need to work on it. That marriage, it doesn't matter how it is right now. I see the light in the other side of the tunnel. I see God. I see the hand of God. I see grace. Take you from where you are to where you should be. I know your desire. I am married. I know what it means. You desire good. You want to see the best of the man and see the best of the woman. That's your secret desire. That bag you are packing, that mind made up of divorce, is not your plan. You didn't want it. You actually plan to say a yes and to live forever for the rest of your life. Happy forever. But suddenly something came in between. And that's something that came in between has to, has to be dealt with as a family. Not just a person. Don't just put a blame on one because you cannot all together be a sin. There is something you are not doing right. That's why it's going the way it's going. If you stop the mess, the message will come. I don't know who this message will get to. I don't know who this podcast will get to. But I know that if you make up your mind to be with Jesus, I know that if you make up your mind to make it work, I know if you didn't give an alternative, if you didn't keep that boyfriend, if you didn't have the address of that your girlfriend, if you didn't have an email, if you didn't have a WhatsApp number, you will concentrate and make it work. If you didn't have alternative where you are going to go and unload your sexual desire, you would have made it work. You are not making it work because you have alternatives. You lady, you want to pack off your load and get back to your father's house because you made, you made up your mind to have alternatives. If your father had told you never to return, you will go to that marriage and make it work. I know there are issues that are coming up. I know there are, there are issues, there are storms. But God didn't promise there will not be storm. He said in the storm, he will make a way. When you are confusing, we make a way. One problem we have is that we started the marriage without reconciling with the marriage giver. We valued the, the gift more than the giver. And so when we found the man or found the woman, we walked out with our backs and told God, Bye. I don't need you, God. I can make it, God. I'm a big guy, God. I'm a big guy, God. I got money, God. It's not about your money. It's not about your age. It's about your humility. You need grace to be married. If you do not have grace, you'll be disgraced. And you find out that a lot of people who are good, who are wonderful, who are decent, who are well-behaved, who have good character, most times don't even make the marriage. That's to tell you that there is something more. There is something more. It is that something more that brings you to the place of life. 
We can't keep living hurting. We can't keep doing this to one another. When someone says yes to you, it was a trust. A high level trust that was invested in your life. And I want you to keep it because God will ask you. Don't say because it's my wife. Don't say because it's my own. I can treat them the way I want. No. You can treat them the way you want. They may not be able to fight back. They may, may not be able to, 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 to battle with you or struggle or argue with you. But there is a God who sits in the affairs of men. He sits in the heavenly places and makes the earth his sister. He knows what happens in your room. I'm not talking about a fake marriage. I'm not talking about you smiling when you're actually crying. And that's not what I'm talking about. Having fun in the marriage that you have said yes to. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Coming to reality with the fact that it's a responsibility. Marriage is your responsibility to make it work. If you allow grace to walk through you, you get back to that marriage and look at, and you know, your perception will change because you will see the perception. You will look at the woman rightly and say, oh, this is indeed the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. And you look at the man and say, oh God, this is my hero. I never knew that this man was this good. Because you have never de decided to see right. Every time you, you look, you are looking through your wife's head and you are looking at another woman across the road. And so you always had an alternative. You felt you are doing a good by saying yes to her, telling her to say yes to you. Because there are other women who were after you. Then you are wrong. You think that you just did a good, you know, you just did him some favor to say yes to him. Then you have missed it from the beginning. Marriage is, in, is in honorable in all when bed is on the fire. It is the honor I want you to take. Marriage is an honorable union. It's a united front. One will put a thousand to fly. Two will put ten thousand. That should scare you. What a massive turnaround. What a massive breakthrough. There is something hidden in your marriage. There is a mystery in understanding your marriage. When that mystery is unfolded, then you have entered into your level of breakthrough. There's an assignment in marriage. There's a responsibility in marriage. There's a, there, there, there is an expectation in marriage. And when those expectations are not understood, there's no way the foundation of the marriage can be, can be solid. I want you again to go back to Ephesians 5 from 22. Read that word. And I want you to go back to the woman. I said, read Proverbs 31, 10 and the, to the end. And we'll see again in the next series. I believe that. After the so much encounters, your eyes of understanding will be opened. One more time, Pastor Pisa Kudo Emmanuel is my name. I'm the coordinator of Love Hangouts. And I love you so much. And I want your marriage to work so much. That's my sole desire. And together, we will make it work. Have a wonderful time. God bless you. I love you. Hello everyone, God bless you. One more time, I'm your favorite host, Pastor Pisa Kobe Manuel is my name. And I want to continue in the um, marriage agreement that we had, that we're going to be having a lot of series. And this is the second part of the series. You're welcome back, God bless you. I'd like you to sit around with your partner and we can rub minds with the reality on ground. I hope you had a nice time. I wish you the best of the season. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Well, I'll be speaking to you from the book of Ephesians, 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 
I'm speaking to you from the book of Ephesians 5, verse 22, 23, and 25, talking about the positioning of the woman in marriage. Oh, this is a series that bothered me a lot because that was a burden for me when I actually got into marriage the first seasons, the first three months of my life. I was wondering how I was going to live with this kind of life and all that and all that and all that. But I decided to give it a try. At a point, I knew that that was beyond me. My strength failed me. My capacity went beyond my, you know, my use. I needed help. I was panting for, for strength. I was panting for bread because I was, I was almost going. But I looked around and said, this is not the kind of marriage I bargained for and I want something better. And at that point, I needed to begin to talk to myself and I needed myself deliverance just like the prodigal son. The Bible says he went out of home full and at the end he became so, so, so empty. And at the point he was even feeding with swine. That was something that should bother us a lot. And uh, not that he was under any pressure to return home, but he sat down and, you know, applied and uh, began to deliver himself or himself without the help of any man. I perceive he was sleeping the night when God, the Spirit of God, woke him up and talked with him and he came, you know, to realization of himself and knew that he was empty and, and the next thing was what is the way forward. To be able to go back to being clothed, he had to look for a way back home and he conducted his deliverance by himself and he said, I, I, I dwell here with swines and my father's house is full of much and so much and much. I will return, I will return and he made up his mind. Now at this point in that marriage I was confused, you know, I'd come from a background where I, I had handled a lot of, a lot of um, um, influence, I had handled a lot of authority in school and all that so you know it wasn't a new one for me to just move the terrain was not it was not a friendly terrain i was struggling with a lot of things and i had to tell myself the truth so marriage at that point ended you know wedding at that point ended for me and marriage just started you know everybody had gone home the party was over the reality was dazzling me on my face and i had to tell myself the truth and several nights i had to cry because i didn't i didn't like what i was getting i that was not what i bargained for I thought this was better than I thought and by the time I got in I was already hooked and there was no way out and I had to decide for myself what is next. Like I said yesterday, each time you have an alternative, you never make up. You never tend to solve the problems that is before you. But when you do not have an alternative, it is easier for you to, you know, solve the problem because there's no way forward. It's like being chased by a masquerade and you know that the masquerade is behind you. You are never wanting to turn back. You just want to move forward. Even what is ahead of you may be more, more dangerous, but you don't mind. You, mom, you don't actually mind, you just summon up courage and you hit it. And you go forward, no matter how hot you are, you just decide to go forward. Now, I want to say at this point that that was the point that I was in. I was stuck. I, I didn't have an issue with my husband, but I, in myself, I had an issue. So the first thing to sort out in a marriage is you, not even the spouse. And that's why it's always good to first of all marry yourself before you think of marrying someone else. So he was not my problem. I was my problem because there were things I carried. There were bodies I carried. There were weights I carried from the foundation where I was coming. There were things I enjoyed that marriage could no more give me. And everybody was at the beck and corn. And at this point, I am I'm supposed to be at 
the beck and corn for my husband. And so that was a twist. That was a nest change. That was not what I was ready for at that point. But what would I have done? I didn't want to go back because I didn't have an alternative. I had a lot of battles before I could decide to say yes. And now that I've said yes, I don't know what it means to turn back to say no. And so what was left for me was to decide whether this was going to be a marriage of bliss, a marriage of pain, or a marriage of testimony. And I chose the last part, which was the first and the last, because the second wasn't a friend. So I don't know the position where you are. You could be a woman like I was then, starting up, and I didn't know where to go. I didn't have a mentor, nobody I could really confide in. But I knew I was battling with myself. I knew the struggles wasn't something I could just handle. I needed someone to help me. Then I didn't even have the, the value for books. And there were so many things I didn't know. And I want to shock you, even before this time, I do relationship in school. I had people I used to mentor. Now, it is a different thing for you to read and come and teach. It's a different thing for you to have knowledge in so, so, and so. But it's another different thing where you are actually in the thing that you're actually teaching. So you become the mouthpiece of the, the reality that you live. And uh, by nature, I'm not someone to, I don't know how to pretend. So at that point, I knew I'd messed up. I knew I'd missed it. I knew if I don't make it right, then it will never be right. Now, it's not a season for calling out people. It's not a season to you know, start striking deal with my village people and calling my father's house and calling my brothers, umwadas and all that. This was a season I need to sit down for myself and conduct my way forward. And I thought to myself, I have nowhere to return to. This has to work. And immediately I said that that was the beginning of my marriage. Now, the wedding, the wedding ended and the marriage just began. And I wept through and I began to ask God. You know, when in the excitement of the marriage, many times you don't even know what you're praying for. You are just praying for the wedding day to come and go. You are not really praying for the content. You only wanted that day to come and go. That was the most important prayer point for any young person who is getting married. And so I was not seeing the storm. I was not seeing the pain. I was not going to see the struggle. I was not seeing the fact that the authority that I had had to be relinquished into a new marriage I've said yes to. I didn't know what it meant to be the woman and maybe there was going to be a man. I just knew it was a marriage. And so I did not know my positioning and that was my problem. So the Bible says in Ephesians, the Bible was talking about, you know, the 5 verse 20, 22, 23, 24 was talking about the woman. The message was for the woman. He said, the man is the head of the home. He said, woman, obey your own husband. You know, this, this is a mystery. The, the mystery is hid in the obedience. It's not a matter of trying to think it out. What are they saying? Now, God is not asking your opinion. He's giving you an instruction. Obey your own husband. Just like the church, you know, you know, gave his life for it. That's how the man is going to give his life for the, the, the family. And so what is the woman supposed to do? The woman is supposed to obey and the man is supposed to love. You know, if we understand our places, if we understand our positions, marriage is not something to struggle about. The fact is that we came in with a whole mindset that was negative. And so when we came in and the mindset didn't fit, the problem started. We came in with a lot of things that happened in the homes when we were born, and we want to transform them into the form where we are found. We came in from the, you know, the position that we have learned over time, the experiences, the events that happened in our lives. And so we didn't know how to fix it. When we got to a point when we were confused, we didn't know how to fix it. And so that became an issue to tackle with. So what am I saying? You are there to obey. The woman is to obey. The woman is to obey. The word obedience is only waiting for a, a woman 
whose heart is already too strong to be a woman. To, to obey is very easy. No, most times you do the things that are not comfortable, not because it's okay, but because you are obeying the instructions of God. Now, if every one of us stay in our position to say no and no and no, there is no way we can ever move forward. Now, the people who have issues with these are people who have made up their mind even before the marriage. If I get into the marriage and it didn't be what I wanted or that I didn't see the picture that I'm looking for, I will be on my way out. And each time you have that in mind, you will always be on your way out. You will always be on your way out. Now, no matter how a graduate you are, you are not going to graduate into your husband's house. That's the truth. No matter how beautiful you are, you are not carrying that at the back of your mind. No matter how educated, how connected, how influential you are, that is not taking you to where you are going. What will only you know help you to be able to, to stay in your position is the the possibility of humbling yourself being completely yielded that is the mystery the mystery that cannot be explained now your pastor may not be able to explain this you just have to work on it and just accept it the way it is it's not something that can be you know can be broken down into smaller you know particles of grammar or segments of english it's just a matter of obedience obedience is obedience anywhere in the world obey your husband in the lord obey your husband obey your own husband i mean i I don't know we need to understand this we need to understand that was the aspect i didn't like the husband is the head of the home i didn't like it it's not something that you like it is something that has to do with principle it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what you want it doesn't matter what you have decided to have this is the scripture we are following the scripture because the 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 strict the scripture gives us a picture of what is written in our future so we need to follow it we need a pattern of life we need to follow it doesn't matter how you feel it doesn't matter how you've been treated it doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter about the event we're talking about the reality that these things can happen these things are possible if you are a woman get yielded get simple get humble make it possible now you is not going to be all rosy there are times you're going to cry but i want to say that for every single time there's an obedience from your end you are actually doing the will of your father and I want to say to you that man that you think that is too weighty, too heavy, too high minded, too hard that you cannot reach God, he's the man god knows the man god created the man he may be your husband but he's first the son of god so he is a creature of god and god knows how to meet him he said that the heart of the king is in the hand of god eternally with us wherever he will it like the rivers of you know you know like the rivers he said eternally with us wherever he will it so that it doesn't matter how how you know positioned high high position your husband is but if you can just obey you'll be very dazed and surprised at the, the fruits that will return to you. This time, it's time for you to discipline yourself and say, well, Lord, you have said it. I am your child. I am going to obey. It doesn't matter how I feel, but I know that you are going to help me. And so when we get to this point, when we live completely, we yield ourselves completely, holding back nothing, responding positively to say, what? Well, even if you're going to hurt me, I'm going to just love you. I'm just going to obey 
obey you. Even this is not okay for me, but because I need peace in this marriage, I'm just going to obey you. And let's see. Let me tell you, before the day break, because the breaking of the day, you will be days at what God will do. For every man, even without Christ, has a conscience. So God speaks to the man, his own man. God meets him at the point where you are not. God gives him an encounter where you are not there. The same thing that happened between Abraham and Sarah. Oh God. And Sarah said to Abraham, he said, I am not confident. I'm no more comfortable with this, your Hagar woman. I am no more. But the truth of the matter is, it was Sarah that brought about Hagar. It was not in the agenda of of Abraham to go into to, to go into Hagar but when it came to the point when the woman brought in the heat and said we cannot afford to be this we cannot afford to be like this it is the will of God, it's the same prophecy whether from me or from Hagar it's son, it's son and the man said okay fine this is not okay for me but because I love you I'm going to do something that will make you know I love you and he entered into Hagar and that was brought about Ishmael and today Ishmael has become a, an issue in the whole of the world now what happened when sarah had her own son and she was you know battling with ownership and you know leadership battling with the first son and the promises that god made that every promise that was made unto isaac now this became an issue she wanted her son to take over he wanted she wanted her son to be comfortable she was no more comforted with the presence of hagar everything that happened around her around ishmael was a threat and so she thought she thought to herself i can't afford to be quiet he went back to the same abraham and began to make make problem out of him and said this son cannot stay with my son i will not allow him to be in my home i will not give them peace until they go you have to look for something to do and at that point she forgot that she was actually the introduction of the problem but when it came to the father she cried to God and Abraham too went back to God and said God are you silent do you know what is happening in my home in my bedroom Madam Sarah will not let me be my darling Sarah will not let me be in the first place I didn't want Hagar she pushed me into Sarah into Hagar but God said to my greatest surprise, God said to Abraham, he said, listen to your wife. Listen to your wife. Listen to your wife. Listen to your wife. And God will not say that if Sarah wasn't an obedient woman. There are mysteries in your obedience. They unlock the things that you struggle with. There are keys that are hidden in obedience. Those keys are capable of opening the doors that you are struggling with. Now, if you stay in the place of prayer, it doesn't matter how hard those decisions are, God will meet your husband at the very point of your heartbeat. Oh my God, I hope someone can understand what I'm talking about. No matter how tough these decisions are, God is able, capable to meet your husband at the point that you can handle it. Because you do all of this with sentiment and pain and tears, but God is going to step in. God is going to show up. God is going to take it over. God is going to handle it. I don't know what it is. It could be an, an issue of a strange woman. It could be an issue of struggles financially. It could be an issue of... Know, decision that is very very paramount in your home it could be a silent matter that needs immediate attention it could be even delay in my in, in, in childbearing or something i don't know what it is but no matter what it is the more you struggle the more argumentative essence you, you, you have, you have. 
the more you struggle, the more arguments that you have. But let me tell you, this is beyond struggles. These are beyond struggles. When you allow God to have his way, you will never regret you did. This may be a burden for you. This may be a weight for you. But if you please will let God, as a woman in that home, you are not to have authority. You are to have influence. You obey your husband in the place of influence. When you allow that obedience to take over, it is yielding. You allow the spirit to take over. You find that you struggle over nothing. The thing that you have struggled over before this time will just become a walk away. You won't become something that is nothing because you have allowed God to have his way in your life. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but your marriage is about to, 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 to come into, into the position where God is invited completely in every aspect of your life. You allow God to have his way. You allow God to have his way. You have done it all by yourself, by yourself and the pattern that you know all that you have used. It's time to give it up and allow God. And how do you allow God? You bring him in and let him have his way by you obeying your husband. Even when your husband doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense too for an argument. If you allow him be and in the place of prayer, you report him to God. God knows where to meet him. He is his son and you he cannot run away from his father. He cannot take off from his father. They know where to meet. That was why that God tackled Adam in the garden. He went to Adam. He said, where are you? Where are you? When he was looking for humanity, he was not looking for Eve. He was looking for Adam because Adam has the authority. Adam has the dominion. Adam has everything that God, the instruction, the principle, the curriculum for the garden. And he cannot hand it over to Eve. Eve was there to follow. But at the point that Adam stepped backward, Eve took over. And you must never take over. Whatever it is that God has blended in your marriage, you must never take over. You must be in the position of influence. You can operate from the bedroom. You can operate in the place of silence. Don't operate where you will be seen, where you'll be known, where you'll be so loud that you become a problem to many people. The issue today with a lot of people and their in-laws are because they do not know how to handle their influence. They bring their influence to the drawing table and you don't influence on the table. You influence in the bedroom. That is what it's supposed to be. So a lot of people who have issues with their in-laws, they have issues, they drag the issue, they expose themselves because of the way they handle things. The Bible says that wisdom is profitable to direct. And if you want wisdom to profit you, you know, it's, you allow God to direct you. And when you are directed by God, you find out that the things you do, you don't want to struggle with them. You just get answers. And those answers are positive. Those answers solve problems. It's no more a problem. The pillars, you know, the pillars and the foundations are produced in the place of the mystery tag, tagged or tied to that obedience. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now. I don't know who this broadcast with heat but i know that i have a message that's able to change your marriage that is able to change your life tired of crying are you tired of pain are you tired of struggles are you tired of making it work have you through the night. The Bible says, though tears and do for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know what you have been through and you are, you are hustling and you have been crying. The Bible says, Proverbs 24, verse 10, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. That means there's going to be adversity, there's going to be storm, but you don't need to faint. There is hope for you. There is a rising for you. There is hope for you. You are lifting up your head. All you need to do as a woman, go. Go back and do your job. Go back and humble yourself before God. And when you humble yourself, he's going to lift you 
your head up. I know that God never fails from generation to generation. He's a God that never fails. He has never failed. He will never learn failing with you. So go back and do your work. The job that God has given to you is not to take over the man, to control him. The job is to obey him. When you obey him, everything will fall in place for you. I wish you the best and the best of the season. Bless you. God bless you. Bless you. And I know that this will be a blessing for you. Whatever you are said to do, God bless you. Have a wonderful, blissful life in the name of Jesus. One more time, I am Pastor Peace Akudo Emmanuel, wishing you the best. God bless you.